This is Tim Staten with Tim Stating the Obvious. What is this podcast about? It's simple. You are entitled to great leadership everywhere you go, whether it's to church, whether it's to work, whether it's at your house, you are entitled to great leadership. And so in this podcast, we take leadership principles and theories and turn them into everyday relatable and usable advice. Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of uh, Tim Stating the Obvious, where we're actually going to talk about uh, something a little bit different today. We're going to start talking about uh, smarter goals and goal setting. And, you know, the end of the year is upon us, and we're actually in the last quarter of this fiscal year and actually of the calendar year, too. And we kind of look back on our New Year's resolutions or the goals we set for ourselves at the beginning of last year, and we kind of think, did I really do as good of a job of achieving those goals? And if so, what did I do that was good? And if not, what did I do that was bad? And oftentimes we find ourselves that we really didn't set good, clear goals at the beginning of the year. We really didn't know where we were going. We had an idea, we had a concept of what we wanted to do, but we weren't really clear about our intention and what it really took to get there. Uh, so in this episode, we're going to talk about a couple things. One, the smart goals and the smarter goal method. Two, um, I'm going to kind of talk about a tool that I personally use that has, you know, paid off dividends as far as my goal setting, planning, uh, even managing my day to day life uh, and really getting after what matters. And then we're also going to talk about why people don't like smart goals or smarter goals and why they get a bad rap. And hopefully it's not too late and you can go back and look at your goals that you started at the beginning of the year. And you can make some tweaks and adjustments to it, turn them into smarter goals and get after and achieve majority of the goals that you set off at the beginning of the year. So why do smart goals or smarter goals get a bad rap? Well, a lot of people say, well, it's too restrictive. You know, I have to be very specific and it's too narrowed down. It's only task oriented. It doesn't get after my vision. And it really doesn't paint the big picture for me. And it doesn't account for resources that you really need to achieve your goals. And well, I'm here to tell you that's probably because you really didn't use a smarter method correctly. And you probably just had an idea. But before we can get into actually looking at smarter goals, we have to talk about our vision. We have to talk about incorporating a vision in before you start your goals. And here's why. In order to set goals, your goals are there to be benchmarks and milestones and stepping stones for you to achieve your vision. All of your goals should reach towards setting your vision, whatever that vision is, right? So your vision is like your GPS, your map or your nav system on your phone. You have to know where you're going to end up. Otherwise, you'll never get there. You'll get in the general direction. You'll be kind of close, but you're never going to be where you want because you lack a good vision. So in order to get a good vision, you have to picture in your mind what your life will be like five to 10 years now. And you have to clearly see, describe, visualize it and understand what it's going to take to get you there. Because if you don't know that, then you're just aimlessly walking down the street. You're just aimlessly driving down the road, looking at what you think 
might be what you're going for. And it's not going to be, you're going to stop at a location and be like, oh, this is it. And you go, nah, this is, it's close, but it's not it. So you have to clearly see it. You have to see it, feel it, smell it, and hear what it's going to be like in your mind. You have to be able to visualize it that way. You can't describe it to yourself else could potentially help you get to where you need to go. You can't get buy-in from anybody because they're not going to understand it because you don't understand it. Now that we talked about what a vision is, now we can go in to the research phase. So you know what your life is going to look like five to 10 years from now. You know what you want it to be. Now you have to do the research on what is it going to take to get you there? What things must you do and what resources must you have to get you to where you go? Because if you don't know that, then you're going to set goals that don't matter. It's, you're just going to be like a car stuck in mud. You're going to be doing a lot of work. The wheels are going to be spinning. There's going to be crap flying everywhere, but it's not going to do anything. It's not going to go anywhere. You're not going to get any progress, but you're going to get tired and worn out and you're going to get dirty along the way. And it's not going to be beneficial for you. So do your research, achieve your vision. Much like the GPS and the navigation analogy that I gave before, I'm going to give another one too. When you put your end goal into the GPS, you say, well, I want to go to New York City and I'm somewhere in Georgia. It's going to give you three or four options on how to get to New York, but you have to decide, well, am I going to go the fastest way? Am I going to take the scenic route? Am I going to take the ones that have toll roads? Am I going to uh, encounter detours and delays along the way, which you will, because it's a life and it happens. What happens when the lane I'm in gets congested and I need to take a detour? What does that branch and sequel look like? And when I get there, what do I need to do? What decisions must I make? Do I get off the highway and take a sub route to get back on the highway to bypass the obstacles? So you have to understand where you're going and how you're going to get there and the multiple avenues that you're going to get there. And those multiple avenues are what we call short-term and long-term goals. So you have to have your short-term goals that match your long-term goals. And everything has to match up to getting you to your end destination. So now we're ready to get into what SMARTER goals really are. So SMARTER goals is an acronym. I know, bear with me, but it stands for Specific, Measurable, Attainable, Relevant, Time-Sensitive, and evalu Evaluated and reviewed. So one way that I approach this uh, concept of goal setting is in quarters, and they don't have to match up to the, to the traditional calendar year or any other calendar. It just has to make sense to you in the time and how you use 90 days worth of work or how you use 90 days worth of time. So let's just pick an example uh, that's on how to make a smarter goal. And in this one, we're going to use a fitness goal and we're going to say, let's say you have an idea that you want to lose weight. So a specific goal would be like, I want to you to lose body fat X percentage, or I want to lose X amount of weight. I would even say, if you choose, I want to lose X amount of weight. That's a bad goal because you can lose muscle mass and you're not really improving your fitness. So I would make it more specific. So let's just say in this uh, you know, category, we want to lose 10% body fat. That's a better specific goal, but it's still not good. So if you want to make it specific, 
immeasurable, we can say, I want to lose 10% of body fat, losing 3% a month. Because now it's specific and it's measurable. But is that attainable? Is 3% a month of body fat attainable for people? I would say probably not for most people. Um, I would say two to four pounds or two to 4% a month is healthy. So let's just, you'd have to use your own fitness to gauge that. But I would say to make it more attainable, we can say lose 10% body fat, losing 2% a month. That's pretty attainable, right? So you can lose, you know, 0.5% a week. You're not killing yourself. You're not hurting yourself. And it's an attainable goal that you can achieve. But to make it relevant, you know, why are you setting that goal in place? What is the reason why it's relevant to you that you need to do that? Like, do you just, is it for health reasons? Do you want to just feel better? Do you want to be more confident? Are you trying to get a job and you have to be below a certain body weight to maintain that job? Are you worried that if you're trying to get another job, you may not look a certain way, so you want to look healthier? Uh, There's a variety of reasons for whatever it is. But in this case, we're just going to say we want to lose 10% of body fat, losing 2% a month to feel more confident. And that, that's, you know, specific, measurable, it's attainable, and it's relevant, right? It's relevant to you as a person, and it's relevant to your vision on how you're going to get there, right? But how do we evaluate this goal? So we have to incorporate an evaluation at some point. So you can say, I'm going to lose 10% body fat, you know, as my end goal. a month and five months and X percent body fat evaluating progress every two weeks. So you're setting a realistic expectation on how you're going to hold yourself accountable to your goals. Am I doing the things I need to do? Do I have the resources in place in order to accomplish this goal? And I'm measuring it and evaluating it as I'm going, I'm looking at it and going, okay, Am I doing the right things? But getting to the re-evaluated or the reviewed process is after you've set up your evaluation criteria, set up a re-evaluation criteria. Look at the whole thing that you're doing. So you could say, I'm going to do an after-action review, which is really like a post-mortem of this is my plan. This is my goal. This is what I've been doing to get after it. And taking a realistic look and approach to going, Am I eating the right things? Is my nutrition on track? Am I tracking the right things? Are my workouts hard enough? Am I pushing myself? Wait, am I doing too much? Am I getting enough in order to do the things to lose the weight? So that gets into a smarter goal. It's still short. Some people make these really long out paragraph smarter goals. And of course, that's why people shy away from it because they're like, that's too hard to write a paragraph for my goals. We don't have to, it just has to make sense to you. You have to be able to clearly articulate your goal and how it relates to your vision. And if you're on a team and you're a leader of a team, you need to be able that you're under, make sure that your team understands it. They can buy into it and we can hold each other accountable to achieving those goals. So it doesn't have to be drawn out. You know, smart this instance is literally a sentence and a half, losing 10% body fat, losing 2% a month in five months, reevaluating my body fat progress every two weeks, 
and bi-weekly I'll do an after action review on my nutrition. If you know exactly what you're doing on that goal, each goal that you have that we've talked about should, you know, talk to your end state should talk to your vision. If you write them all down, you should have a list of working towards to achieve just at making your smarter goals. And what I do is I, I apply that to a five-year roadmap, right? So I have my clear vision and end state for five to 10 years down the road of what I want to do and where I want to be, all the things that I must do to achieve that and all the resources that have to be in place to achieve that. And then I apply specific times to it because there's a time and a season for everything. And then I also have uh, branch and sequels in place because I do know that there are going to be issues. There are going to be roadblocks. There are going to be challenges. But if you can look at those before they happen and you can say, okay, this is plan A and plan A is what my goal is going to be. This is the best route for me to achieve that. But if something happens around this time, because life happens, you can't predict anything and it's going to happen whether you like it or not. What am I going to do when I reach that obstacle? Well, me, I like to breach all obstacles. So I'm either going to find a way around that obstacle and not deal with it, or I'm going to find a way uh, to break through it. Kind of like a, a bull in a china shop. I'm just going to run that obstacle straight over and anything will be a problem. But you, know, you have to know what you're going to do when you get to that point. So that's why it's good to lay down all these goals and objectives towards your vision and have that clear end state in mind. Now, the tool that I used to do that is the Michael Hyatt Full Focus Planner. I am not endorsed by him whatsoever or anything close to it, but I do think it's a valuable tool to use because it's a 90-day planner. And in it, it has at the very beginning what your annual goals are going to be. It has a place where you can list out, you know, six or seven. I would say for that that nine for that one year period of time, what are the three biggest goals that you want to achieve that is going to lead towards your in-state success and reaching your vision? Whatever it is, write them down and make them smarter goals because every 90 days you get a new book and you're going to rewrite your annual goals in that book. And that's a great time to reevaluate and evaluate where you actually are in those goals and how you're going to continue the next 90 days to get after it. And also in there is you can, you know, pages for you to write down your goals in detail. And, you know, if you're going to make something a habit, you can write a habit and do everything else with that. Then there's a 90 day calendar. So you can write out all the things that you must do on that calendar. And then you can fill in all the things that you need to do. So there's a big difference between all the things that you must do and all the things that you need to do. Um, you know, you'll find that a lot of people spend 80% of their time on things that don't matter. They go after the low hanging fruit and they're like, you know what? I'm going to grab this low hanging fruit and get it out of the way. Get it done. I'm going to get it done. But when you do that, more people will put low hanging fruit for you to pick. So you're constantly working 80% of the time on things that don't matter, but you're busy. You're that tire and mud flinging stuff all over the place. Productive. I would challenge you find a way to get 
out of that 80% mentality and move into that 20% mentality where you're focusing 80% of your time on the things that do matter and 20% of your time on the things that you don't. So things that you must do, you still have to maintain a living. You must go to work, right? You can't, if you wanted to, you could quit your job. I don't think that'd work out very well, but let's say you want to open your own business, but you can't. Well, if you can spend eight hours a day or 10 hours a day working for somebody else, why can't you spend another eight hours a day working on yourself once you're done with what you need to do? The problem is, is you fill that time in with things that don't matter and you never get to spend the, another eight hours on the things that do matter to achieve your vision. So find ways to get rid of the things that don't matter, right? So in there, they actually have this thing called an ideal week. And I use that, that page to really lay out Monday through Friday. These are the things that I am going to do no matter what. I am going to do these things. Even if people get mad at me, I'm going to do them because they matter that much. I can't afford to give up that time. So I block them off, you know, in the morning, you know, I'm going to work out. I'm definitely going to, you know, focus on, you know, the things that it is that is important to me. I'm not getting into too much detail of what my perfect week looks like, but whatever it looks like for you, uh, you put that in there and don't, don't compromise that time. And you're going to make people mad with that. And that's okay. Because if you don't compromise that time, then you're going to continue to get better and progress towards your vision. So don't ever compromise that time. Then it goes into your daily plan, right? And you have, well, actually, before I get into the daily plan, let's talk about these things called the big weekly three and your daily three. So you've blocked off your ideal week and said, I'm going to do these things no matter what. Then you need to go into your weekly things and say, what three things? If I don't do anything else this week, I am going to get these three things done because they advance my vision and my goals and they help me achieve my annual goals. Then you go into your daily three and you write, what three things am I going to do that if I don't get anything else done, I'm going to do these three things that are going to achieve my weekly big three. So what that does is that creates a new mindset mindset shift of I'm going to do these three things th today. If I don't do anything else, I'm going to do these three. These three are going to achieve my weekly three and all of my weekly threes will achieve my annual goals. If you do that and you have the proper plan in place and the right resources in place to support your plan, there's no way that you're not going to accomplish your goals because you're doing what matters. You're spending the 80% of your time on the things that matter to you that help you achieve to where you're going to go. And unfortunately, that means telling people, and, and I'm going to say this in a polite way, um, don't say, I'm sorry, I can't do that. Say, I really appreciate you understanding that I have blocked this time off but maybe we can do it some other time. Don't, don't apologize for doing what you need to do what's best for you and your family. It's a hard concept and a hard, hard thought process to follow and, and get over, 
and, and learn through. But once you break through that, you know, it, it's great because it's freeing. You're not, you're holding yourself accountable. You're not living up to somebody else's expectations. You're not living up to somebody else's thought process. You're not living up to what somebody else expects you or wants you to do. You're living up to what you said you're going to do, what your own thought process you're going to do, and you're holding yourself accountable. You don't need somebody else to hold you accountable. If you said, you know, you're going to go to the store today and buy two books and learn something because that learning, whatever that topic is going to make you better towards your weekly or annual goals, because you must possess that skill before you can get there, then do it. If you, if it doesn't happen, you have no one else to blame, but yourself, you can't blame everybody else because you already, you already know what you need to do or you know what you must do and you know, what's important to you. So do it. it it's that simple. So that kind of is in a nutshell, really how you incorporate smarter goals into your daily life and how you can tie that into your vision. I want to thank you for uh, listening to today's episode of Tim stating the obvious where we talked about uh, smarter goals and how to incorporate them into your everyday life and make them practical uh, as they could become, you know, overbearing and seem like they're really, really hard to do. It's really not. Um, you just got to incorporate it into your everyday life and become a habit. If you got uh, something out of this, I would like to ask if you could please like this episode, write a comment, uh, share how you incorporate goals into your life and and share it. If you if you think somebody else could benefit from hearing about this, share it with one or two other people that you think that could, you know, potentially like this uh, episode. So if you haven't checked out our YouTube page, uh, go to Tim Stating the Obvious and check out a couple of videos. I did a, a short uh, five-minute five video on Smarter Goals and how Daria, the cartoon from MTV back in the day, you know, she, she made a goal and how we applied that. So if you're interested in that, uh, go there and check it out. Uh, this was a live version. I just edited it down to be a published version. Uh, but look, at, subscribe to this channel and also hit that little bell icon. So when I go live, you'll be alerted and you can actually have a live conversation with me. And we'll be able to talk. Also, you know, go to our Podbean account and click on there because that's where I do all my live shows is through Podbean. And if you click the bell icon on there, you'll also be alerted of when I go live and you can dial into the show and we can have a good dialogue. That's what the show is about. It's about a dialogue between people on how we can share ideas and, and make things better and incorporate a practical application for leadership principles and even everyday life uh, management principles. So I really appreciate you checking out this episode. I'm Tim Staten, stating the obvious.